Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Everybody, um, I was just on the Naturalist Capitalist show um, the other day, so go ahead check that out. Check out some of my recent podcasts. Um, I got probably about two or three weeks worth of podcasts lined up in the coming weeks, but um, since I haven't put out any content in a few days, I figured I'd uh, update some people with uh, just some of the stuff I'm seeing about vaccine mandates. Um, I may do something about the Kyle Rittenhouse case, but uh, my take on that is essentially <laughs> if if you run up to a guy open carrying an AR-15 or whatever the hell gun he had, and you hit him with a skateboard, I am not in the least surprised when said person fucks around and finds out. <laughs> that's That's exactly my take on it. If you approach somebody who is obviously potentially lethal... I don't care what you're doing. It is a horrible idea to go up and try and, you know, poke the bear, so to say. Uh, I think it's ridiculous, and I think the whole case was an attack on your right to self-defense. It's very, very good that he's going to walk, and it's a shame on all the news networks that have tortured and accused this 17-year-old kid of being a white supremacist and some kind of you know, national threat or, you know, painting him out to be some terrible human being when, you know, was he at the wrong place at the wrong time? Yeah. Should he have been there? Probably not. His parents probably should have said, hey, like, you're 17 years old. Just hang out at home. Don't go there. But, you know, the kid didn't kill anybody that wasn't aggressing on him. And as libertarians, we all agree that you have right to self-defense and uh, it's funny to see leftists come out as essentially bordertarians and say that, oh, he was carrying in the uh, wrong state. It's illegal to carry there. Okay, but it's illegal to smoke weed everywhere, but you guys will fight for the uh, rights of people you know, who get tortured or thrown in a cage for smoking weed or doing other drugs, which I agree with both groups. You shouldn't be thrown in a cage for smoking weed, and you shouldn't um, you know, be liable to the police just for uh, brandishing a weapon no matter where you are because I feel that's your right to carry and to defend yourself so it's a little bit longer of a tangent than I meant to go on um, at the beginning of this video here but um, some stuff coming about the uh, vaccine mandates it's good to see that OSHA has suspended enforcing it but um, I'm going to read a few articles here about um, you know how vaccine mandates 
um, are kind of playing out in the workforce and how some people are interpreting them. Uh, this article is from The Guardian, and this one really made me laugh. And they wonder why people are skeptical, but this kind of explains it. Um, the article is titled, Chakras, Crystals, and Conspiracy Theories, How the Wellness Industry Turns Back on COVID Signs. Well, if you ask me, um, science turns back on COVID signs because there's been so much conflicting data, but that's beside the point here. Um, its gurus increasingly promote vaccine skepticism. It's funny they spelled skepticism wrong. Uh, conspiracy theories and the myth that ill people have themselves to blame. How did self-care turn so nasty? Um, before I continue reading on in the article, it's very, very well known at this point that if you're obese... Um, if you have excess adipose tissue, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're obese because different people have different personal um, fat thresholds, which is basically the point that your fat cells no longer accept the fat that you're taking in and it can no longer store it, so therefore it pours out into your viscera surrounding your organs, um, that is essentially a reservoir for disease and for sickness. So when people come down with COVID, then they can get a lot more sick because there's a lot more adipose tissue to soak up the... Um, yeah, the disease. Um, Oslem Demorboga Carr, probably butchered that, is not really into all that woo-woo stuff. Quote, I'm definitely full science kind of person, says the 41-year-old telecoms worker from Reading. She doesn't believe in crystals, affirmations, or salt lamps, but she did find herself unusually anxious during the UK's COVID lockdowns in March 2020. And like many people decided to practice, they spelled practice wrong, good lord, this thing is butchered. I read it too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and like many people decided to practice yoga as a way to de-stress. Quote, I tried to be open-minded and I was open to advice on trying to improve my well-being and mental health, she says. Um, just to tap on that last paragraph. Unusually anxious during the UK's COVID lockdown. You are locked in your home. We are social animals. <laughs> we're tribal by nature we grew up with tribes we ran around and killed animals enjoyed food with people in large groups in gatherings with our family and friends of course you were anxious why is this a surprise you lock people in their home they don't want to be locked in their home <laughs> people want to go out and do stuff that's part of living life so of course you're going to be anxious Anyways, uh, continuing where I left off. Um, so she followed a range of social media accounts, including the somatic therapist and biz coach Phoebe Grainacre, known for her yoga videos and the quote, women's empowerment and spiritual mentor. Um, Kelly, uh, Kelly Vittingel, the, um, the Instagram algorithm did its work. Quote, I suddenly found myself following so many wellness accounts, she said. And we do know as that quote-unquote whistleblower had said that uh, there are aggressive algorithm, algorithms on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that more so show you the content that you're already seeing and the content you would want to see. They kind of essentially want to appeal to your interests, which I get, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of creepy that they harvest your data and then, um, you know, use that to manipulate content towards you. 
Um, when the development of the COVID vaccine got underway, Carr began to see posts that troubled her, ranging from polite concern about the social consequences of, max, of mass vaccination or the politics underpinning it, to full-blown rejection of the science. The conversation and tone of their post shifted, she says. At first, it was all about self-care and being part of the community that is caring for each other, but then they started to speak more about how there should be a choice when it came to vaccines. They were saying things like, my body, my choice. Um, it is very funny that people who would proudly champion my body, my choice when it came to abortion are now championing or, or completely against that when it comes to vaccination. And personally, I'm pro-life. That's not what the video is going to be about. Um, maybe I'll do a video about that some other time. But um, yes, it should be your body, your choice. And what she's implicating here is that people shouldn't have a choice into whether or not they get vaccinated. Um, people bring up the argument about polio and about all these other diseases. But this is kind of different because COVID, it is a big deal to quite a bit of people. But to the vast majority of people it's just not that big of a deal um a lot of people get it they get over it they're okay and then they have natural immunity which you know with all the enormous amount of studies that are coming out now um seems to be much much better than the vaccine so if you've had covid then there is no reason really to get vaccinated there's potentially only downside um i said that in plenty of other videos i've pretty sure i've said that in podcasts as well but it's just weird to see people saying, questioning the idea of whether or not you should have the choice to get the vaccine. Not about vaccines, but the question of whether you should be able to make that choice. That's a very, very scary path when you're compelled to do something. Um, continuing on, Carr watched as Greenacre posted an Instagram story describing vaccine passports as medical apartheid. Vittingol went further in a post in July. Vittingol, who is unvaccinated, compared vaccine passports to the social polarization witnessed during the Holocaust and spoke about the mess caused by the ideology of the Western medical system. Quote, we aren't being shown the full picture, Vittingol concluded in a post that was liked by Greenacre. Greenacre subsequently invited Vittingol on her podcast where Vittingol discussed the pernicious influence of quote-unquote Big Pharma and celebrated the work of controversial Dr. Zach Bush who had been called a COVID denialist by researchers at McGill University in uh, Montreal. Um, I don't understand the big deal with calling it a medical apartheid because um, what else would you call a two-tier system where people who have declined taking a vaccine for whatever reason they choose um, are no longer allowed to have their basic human liberties, that they're not allowed to you know, be um, equals to people who have chosen to take the vaccine? That is what they're trying to set up is a essentially a caste system where there are a group of people who don't have basic rights and people who do have basic rights just because they chose to take a vaccine. Um, any good libertarian any good person who's concerned about overall liberty in our country in our world um, should be opposed to this because once again it should be your choice to take the COVID vaccine you're not a COVID denialist and you're not anti-vax for declining to take a vaccine you can recognize their potential efficacy although the more and more information we get it seems like it's not that great um, it seems to wane after some time but you know what doesn't wane your natural immunity um it just should be your choice to whether or not you take a vaccine. I don't understand. Um, no, I do understand because it's about compliance, but 
it's very strange to see the same people who championed my body my choice now running completely parallel to that in the other direction saying that you shouldn't have a choice that you should have to take a vaccine uh continuing on such views are anything but exceptional in the wellness community if anything they're on the milder end of the spectrum anti-vaccine or vaccine hesitant attitudes are as abundant in online wellness circles as pastel colored instagram infographics and asana poses on the beach at sunset quote people are really confused by what is happening says derek bears the host of the Conspirituality pod, a, uh, podcast about the convergence of conspiracy theories and wellness. Why is our yoga instructor sharing QAnon hashtags? Um, <laughs> most of the stuff I hear from QAnon is just so ridiculous. Um, Trump was supposed to be inaugurated president like six times over the last year. And, you know, we're going to root out all the pedophiles and Biden was going to die. I, I mean, some of the stuff they say is just absolutely ridiculous. But that's not to say that nothing they say is without merit um but in my personal opinion and i'm not necessarily in the fitness community um i talk about a lot of fitness stuff on my podcast and in my videos but um the reason why they're skeptical of it is because they see that healthy leaner people don't get that sick from covid so what is the purpose of taking a vaccine when there's no real benefit um once again, the vaccine efficacy fades after a few months, so people who are more fitness-minded um, just feel like it should be their right to choose whether or not they have the vaccine. So, you know, if they see it as the only downside, they're not going to take it. That should be their choice. I don't see the issue here. In May, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, I never even heard of that, <laughs> found that just 12 influencers were responsible for nearly 65% of anti-vaccine content on Facebook and Twitter. Many of these leading anti-vaxxers are alternative health entrepreneurs. They're reaching millions of users every day, says Callum Hood of the CCDH. This serious problem, vaccine hesitancy, has become a diff difficult and entrenched obstacle to dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. People are skeptical because you're not giving them the truth. When you tell people that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but then you tell them two weeks later that they have to wear a mask again, then people begin to lose trust. When you tell people that if you take the vaccine, then everything's going to go back to normal, and then you tell them that, oh, well, we have to lock down, or, oh, well, you can still spread it. Um, when you talk out of both ends of your mouth like that, then people don't trust you because... They feel like you're hiding something. They feel like you're just telling them something so that way they comply. And then, you know, you move the goalpost. People don't trust, you know, our mainstream officials, the mainstream news, um, the political elite, because they constantly tell them one thing and then do another. We saw this all over the last year. The governors don't care about these rules. They feign like they care. But then they go around and they do stuff that, you know, is completely against their own imposed rules. So, of course, people are going to be distrustful of it. Um, when I had Spike Cohen on my podcast, um, he had explained why there's such high vaccine rates in other countries. Because they were honest about it. They said, look, this may or may not be that effective. It's probably going to help you if you get sick. So, look, if you want to take it, it's there. If not, don't. It's kind of like the flu shot. COVID isn't the flu, but when you inform people of the truth and they can trust you, 
then they'll make the decision that they feel is most appropriate. And honestly, probably a lot more people would get vaccinated if you know you told them the truth. And if that's your goal, then just tell them the truth, and they'll probably go get vaccinated. I mean, a, a like vast majority of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s are vaccinated. Those are the people who are at risk. They're, you know, so, you know, children who are 5 to 11, kids who are, you know, 11 to 25, I, I don't even think it's a tenth of a percent of the overall deaths from COVID. Um, I did do a video on that, so check that one. Um, I actually linked the uh, CDC um, website on there where you can check out the chart and see the overall deaths throughout um, the pandemic, which is now an endemic, at least I would believe. Continuing on, included within the CCDH's quote-unquote disinformation dozen are Joe Mercola, a U.S. wellness entrepreneur called the most influential spreader of COVID-19 misinformation online by the New York Times. Dr. Chris, Christine Northrup, uh, Christian, yeah, I don't know what the hell that is, a wellness expert who helped popularize a notorious COVID pseudo-documentary pandemic by sharing it with her 560,000 Facebook followers, and Kelly Brogan, a contributor to the Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop wellness platform, Mickey Willis, the director of Plandemic, is well-known in the California yoga scene, while David, quote-unquote, Avocado Wolf, a conspiracy theorist and raw food advocate, is a regular figure at anti-vaccination protests across the U.S. I really haven't heard a lot of those people, and I'm surprised they haven't named uh, some people that I actually listen to frequently. Away from the CCDH's list, other prominent figures include the yoga instructor Stephanie Birch, who has posted QAnon hashtags on her now-deleted Instagram account, and Crystal Tinney, a wellness influencer with 169,000 Instagram followers who has consistently posted anti-vaccine content, including one post that compared lockdowns to the horrors inflicted on Polish Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto. Comparing the vaccine deployment to... Oh, Jesus Christ, an ad popped up and it messed me up. Um, comparing vaccine deployment to historic atrocities such as slavery and the Holocaust is a routine trope in anti-vaccine wellness circles. Los Angeles wellness and beauty guru Shiva Rose recently compared vaccines to McCarthyism, slavery, and the Cultural Revolution, the Spanish Inquisition, and the Holocaust all in one post. Woo! Man, really? <laughs> Burning through them there. Um, I understand why people would compare it to that, and it is a little bit hyperbolic, and... The Nazi cry and saying everything is like Hitler is kind of the easy button to push because that really jars people. It really gets people thinking, and it's very, very easy for people to point to and say this was very bad. So when you identify something like that or you compare something like that to Hitler, to the Nazis, to the Holocaust, um, people immediately have that reaction where they think it's bad. You know, It's just burned in our brains from the time we're kids. Um, unfortunately, communism doesn't have quite the same sting. But uh, that being said, when you force people into their homes and you tell them you cannot go to work, you are not allowed to leave your house, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, you're non-essential, people don't like that. I mean, is that really that shocking when you tell people they're not essential? <laughs> I mean, really, I'm a mechanic. I fix cars for a living and I got laid off. Cars break all the freaking time and I got laid off so you know someone like me who's a blue collar guy finds a lot of meaning in their work 
when you tell people they cannot work, they are not essential, that does a lot to their psyche because people get their value from going to work. At least a lot of people do. Um, especially in a country like America where we're supposed to be, you know, a country full of rugged individuals who are conscientious and like to do work and like to have tight-knit communities where people come together, blue-collar people, and, you know, we celebrate the culture of America, freedom and liberty. Um, obviously, we don't have a lot of that anymore, and that's very, very unfortunate. Um, Beres says many of these wellness influencers are quote-unquote using cult leader techniques in digital spaces, sowing fear and hesitancy about the COVID vaccine among their followers at one Instagram post at a time. Um, it's because, like I said earlier, you're not being told the truth. When you're not told the truth, then that gives a lot of people um, essentially a vacuum to come in and fill that area up and say things that people want to hear that they're not hearing from elected officials. You know, that's the reason why the COVID regime has been so looked upon, you know, very poorly. It's it's ridiculous that you would tell people that they can't go to work and they're not essential. Um, if anything, the government's not essential. They steal money from productive, peaceful people and use that to pay themselves and oftentimes to the detriment of other people and to other nations. But, um, you know, if you want to hear about that, listen to my podcast with any of the uh, libertarian people I've had on. And we kind of go into that in a little bit more detail. They maintain, however, that they are misunderstood or misrepresented when contacted by The Guardian. Greenacre distanced herself from Vittingell's comments on her podcast. It would be incorrect and misleading to your readers to suggest comments from a third party reflect my own. She said she also said that she used the term medical apartheid to refer to the use of discrimination and segregation based on medical status. For example, treating people negatively based on their medical status by use of COVID vaccine passports rather than anything relating to historical discrimination based on race. Um, I don't see a huge difference here. Um, you're disgracing or you're discriminating based on something, a quality that someone has this quality being whether or not they're vaccinated. Um, you know, in another time it was discrimination based upon whether or not you have a certain amount of melanin, right? Both are very, very wrong. Now, obviously, I'm not equating the two because um, racism back in the day was clearly much, much worse than what we have now, or at least, you know, in this current moment. Not that it couldn't get much worse, because it could, but um, there's a reason why people are saying this to medical apartheid, because you literally are telling people that you are not allowed to do basic things. You're not allowed to go to the grocery store. You're not allowed to go get a six pack of beer. You're not allowed to go um, walk in the park. You're not allowed to go to the gym if you do not present a card that says that you underwent a medical procedure, which should strictly be between you and your doctor or, you know, if you felt like that was the right choice for you. Um... Vittingell, meanwhile, stated that she is, quote, not against the Western medical system. However, I do feel that the industry has been heavily taken over by big pharmaceutical companies who are primarily concerned with finances over health. She defended the work of Bush. He is compassionately trying to help me find more answers, she said. Carr, however, decided to unfollow both women. Now, when she wants to practice yoga, she watches the Sweaty Betty YouTube channel. Um... That's about all I'm going to read from this article. I'll put it below. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's 
so strange to me that people are so unempathetic that they're not willing to see the concerns of other people and realize why other people are skeptical um and i'm guilty of it too i think everybody's really guilty of it because we all have biases you know we all listen to people who agree with us and we should try to listen to people who disagree with us to kind of get more informed of um how other people feel and how our opposition feels though we can be better armed or uh, better informed when they come to us with their arguments to either embolden their points and teach them why your point is perhaps more correct in their interests or maybe just correct them overall as to why they're wrong that's very very important and i think that's why a lot of people are attracted to debates when you see people have debates um a lot of people want to hear the exchange of ideas and that's one great thing about having podcasts and different interviews where people um, talk about these topics people want to hear the exchange of ideas and people are interested in kind of getting to the bottom of things so continuing on from AARP um, what every worker needs to know about vaccine mandates um, as people start to return to office buildings after working remote for more than a year in some cases, more employers are taking steps to deter the spread of COVID-19 in their workplaces. One practice that has gained momentum is the requirement that workers either get vaccinated or submit to regular testing for COVID-19. As I said in one of the more recent videos I put up, I am very, very curious, what are the distances that people are willing to go to to ensure that this is enforced and that people comply? Do you really want to go to business owners' doors to their area where they work and make sure that they're complying with this? Do you really want to go to, you know, door to door, to business place to business place to check vaccine passports, check for negative tests, check for masking. I really don't think there is a strong will amongst police officers to put up with this, to enforce this. And I really don't think business owners want to enforce it either because you're looking at a 61.7 or 0.9% workforce participation rate. It's not growing fast. Um, there's plenty of people ready to retire and there's not a lot of people coming in. So do you really want to squeeze what's left of that out? I really don't think there's a lot of will for it. The increased use of vaccine mandates is a big change from earlier this year when most companies were merely encouraging their workers to get shots with some businesses offering small stipends or paid time off as additional incentives to get the vaccine, which that's just disgusting. Um, I'll skip along here a little bit. Quote, every organization, every company wants to ensure that they can create the workplace conditions for people to come to work and do their best work. And part of doing the best work is providing emotional and psychological safety, says Margie Worrell, a workplace policy expert and author of Stop Playing Safe, How to Be Braver in Your Work, Leadership, and Life. Given the concerns around the spread of COVID, many organizations are making the judgment call the upsides of mandating vaccination are going to offset the downsides. Well, kind of to tap onto my earlier point, um, I don't believe that's true. When you tell people that they have to undergo medical procedure, I apologize for my dog barking. <laughs> when you tell people that they have to go un undergo medical procedure that they may or may not want to do, 
um, in order to work there, a lot of people get turned off just because they don't want to. You know, like, nobody should have to take a shot to work anywhere. I don't understand how that's a controversial take. Because a lot of people over these last two years um, have either had COVID or have been vaccinated. I'm sure there's probably not a lot of people who haven't been exposed or haven't been vaccinated. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a few million people, but honestly, who knows how many people were exposed and who knows how many people just didn't even have symptoms but just made antibodies because, you know, they didn't get exposed to a huge load. You know, nobody knows. You legally can be required to either get vaccinated or be tested for COVID-19 frequently. When the vaccines first became available to the public earlier this year, many legal experts said that employers could issue vaccine mandates if they chose to do so, as long as they provided exemptions for workers who either had medical con conditions or sincerely held religious beliefs that prevented them from being vaccinated. What's up, dude? Buddy, uh, Axton came in for a little visit here. <laughs> um... And both the CDC and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, said that federal laws do not prohibit employers from requiring COVID-19 vaccine, um, COVID vaccinations. The U.S. Department of Justice also recently stated that employers can require their workers to get vaccinated. Um, I agree that they can. I think it's really shitty to do, but I agree that they can. Now, this kind of gets to a different point that has kind of been widely debated in the libertarian sphere, actually in general, really. Um, down in Florida, they ban vaccine mandates. Now, if you interpret this in a vacuum, you would say, yes, it's wrong for the state to come down and tell a business owner what they can or cannot do. I think all libertarians agree there, at least principled libertarians. But the exception here is that when it comes from the federal government and they're telling all businesses that if you have over 100 employees that they must be subjected to mandatory vaccinations or mandatory testing and masking. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of okay with seeing it being banned because I don't think people should have to do that. Now, I know we're playing fast and loose with the uh, non-aggression principle here, but, you know... When it's the federal government telling people that they have to do something and there is a very, very large amount of people who don't want to do this, then once again, I'm not very upset about somebody telling them that, hey, look, you don't got to do this. Um, is it the most libertarian thing in the world? No, but at the same time, when it comes to the federal government and you're already struggling for workers... Um, it's perfectly reasonable to do something in um, that's going to align with protecting that or at least encouraging people to get back to work because that's part, probably part of the reason why people are hesitant to get back to work is because they can't find work because they don't want to take the vaccine. So it's easy for you to say, oh, just take the vaccine. But what if there are legitimate reasons why people can't take the vaccine? There have been risks of myocarditis, um, blood clots. The Johnson Johnson vaccine got pulled for having so many blood clots. And look, I'm not trying to be anti-vaccine here. My mom took it. I know, honestly, probably well over 100 people who took it. And they're perfectly fine. But, you know, for younger people who already had COVID, who have natural immunity, what is the upside to getting vaccinated? I really don't see one. 
um, reading on here, perhaps a tipping point for employer vaccine mandates occurred in late July when President Biden announced that federal employees and contractors would either have to be vaccinated or comply with an ongoing process of being tested for COVID-19, wearing a mask, and following physical distancing policies. With more than 2 million employees across the nation, 28% who are whom are age 55 and older, the federal government is the country's largest employer. Could we just talk about how sad that is for a moment? The federal government is the largest employer for um, people 55 and older. Government jobs are very, 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 very rarely productive jobs because they do not produce anything. They are essentially theft, right? Because you're taking away the potential for somebody in the private sector to do something who would be more efficient and would not have to use violence or taxation, in other words, to get a paycheck. You don't have to coerce people and make them pay to um, to pay for somebody else's salary. It's, uh, it's sad. On September 9th, Biden announced that the administration was making workplace vaccination requirements even more rigorous. Federal executive branch employees and all federal contractors will no longer have the option to submit to regular COVID testing instead of being vaccinated. And workers at healthcare facilities that receive federal funding from Medicare or Medicaid also will now require will, will now be required to get vaccinated. Excuse me. On November 4th, the White House also released its vaccination requirements for private employers. Workers at private businesses that employ at least 100 people will be required to either be vaccinated or undergo weekly tests for coronavirus infection under the new rule from the U.S. Labor Department Occupational Health and Safety Administration. All workers at these companies will be eligible for paid time off in order to get vaccinated. Um, that's another thing. So, I actually didn't know this until I read this now, but think about that. You're going to tell business owners that they have to pay their employees who are not being productive by being off to get vaccinated. You are literally requiring people to pay other people to not be productive, to not contribute, to not do their responsibility to their employer to be productive. You're going to require them to pay them to be off to go get vaccinated. Think about that. More than 80 million people nationwide could be affected by this new workplace vaccination requirement. Private companies that don't comply with this new federal rule could face steep fines. Um, it's it's ridiculous. I, I You could get fired if you don't comply with the vaccination slash testing policy. Um, the choice of whether to get vaccinated for COVID-19 can be a deeply personal decision. And employers take that into consideration when they set policy for their workplace. Quote, every organization knows there will be people who don't want to get vaccinated or even if they agree with vaccination, don't like being mandated, Worrell says. I think that's reasonable. Even so, once a company establishes a vaccination policy, workers generally either have to comply or risk losing their jobs unless they qualify for a medical or religious exemption. In one high-profile example, CNN recently fired three unvaccinated employees who were allegedly violating the company's vaccination policy by coming into the office. <laughs> you were fired for going into the office because you did not have the vaccine. All right. 
Um, you may not qualify for unemployment benefits if you're fired for being unvaccinated. Um, that's the last point. I'm not going to read that last paragraph. I'll link this below. Um, thousands of workers are opting to get fired rather than take the vaccine from NPR. We'll take a brief read through this, give a little commentary. For 33 years, Carl Bonak worked at his dream job delivering weather forecasts on TV for what he considers one of the most challenging but beautiful spots in the United States, Michigan's Upper Peninsula. He became so popular that That's What Carl Says became a slogan at his station in the 1990s and even inspired a song. But Bonak's time as chief meteorologist for the news station TV6 came to an abrupt end last month. He was fired after refusing to comply with the vaccine mandate imposed by his station's corporate owner, Gray Television. Quote, I just did not want to take the shot, says Bonak, who is 68. I felt it was my right as a human being and a citizen of the U.S. to decide what I put in my body, which is a very, very reasonable stance. As libertarians, we believe in self-ownership, property rights, and obviously liberty. You have the decision, you have the right, it's not up to government, it's not up to anybody else to decide what you put in your body. It should not be illegal, and it should not be up for debate as to whether or not you have rights over your own body. Your rights should not be up for debate. That is your birthright. It is your birthright that you decide what goes into your body and how you treat yourself. Across the country, employees are firing workers for refusing to comply with the vaccine mandates. Some people are opting to quit their jobs rather than take the shot. These workers represent only a tiny fraction of overall employees, not even 1% in workplaces, but it can add up to thousands of people in many states. Washington State reports that so far nearly 1,900 state workers, including the head football coach at Washington State University, have quit or been fired for refusing the vaccine. In Michigan, 400 workers at the Henry Ford Health System in Detroit walked away from their jobs. North Carolina-based Novant Health fired about 175 employees, and the list goes on, and we wonder why people are taking unemployment. <laughs> The resistance has stirred great condemnation and controversy. Many view unvaccinated workers as a potential risk to the workplace, and overwhelmingly, workers have accepted and even embraced the science showing vaccines protect not only you, but those around you. So does natural immunity, but we can't talk about that. The vast majority of Americans have complied with vaccine mandates, but for the vaccine holdouts, walking away from a job comes at a cost. One that's bigger for some than others. In June, about 150 workers at the Houston Methodist Hospital System quit or were fired for refusing to get a vaccine out of a workforce of 26,000. One of them was a, was registered nurse Jennifer Bridges, who has led the fight against the Houston Methodist. The hospital system announced its vaccine requirement March 31st. Bridges quickly became the public face of the movement against vaccine mandates. She had five job offers even before she was formally fired, two of them from hospitals that had not yet mandated the vaccine. She started a new job with a private nursing company on the very day she was fired from the Houston Methodist. She now cares for a single patient full-time and doesn't believe she'll face a vaccine mandate. Quote, there's no Medicaid or Medicare funding. It's all private pay, so the government has no control over it, she says. Good for Bridget. For other Houston Methodist, Houston Methodist workers, getting fired has had graver consequences. Becky Melser has worked as a scheduler, setting up diagnostic procedures and surgeries from an office building across the street from the hospital. 
It was a career she was proud of. She had expected to retire from Houston Methodist in another six years or so. Instead, she was fired in June, two weeks shy of her 15-year mark. Just think about that. You would fire somebody who gave 15 years of their life, 15 years, 40 hours a week of their life to your company, and you're going to fire them over a personal medical decision. It's madness. It's absolute insanity. She applied for unemployment, but was denied. Told she was ineligible because she'd been fired for misconduct for not following company policy. She's appealing the decision while trying to find another source of income. If I wasn't married, I don't know what I would be doing. At 59, Melser has had a tough time finding work. She initially tried applying for other hospitals, but they too were going to require the vaccine. Now she's looking at customer service jobs outside of healthcare, even though they won't pay as much as her old job. She's also getting a start in real estate. Okay, don't care about this. Um, not that much more interesting here. In Michigan, weatherman Bonax still has a couple side gigs doing forecasts for the local radio. Mostly, though, he is settling in retirement a year and a half earlier than he had planned. He was fired last month. He had given the option of resigning. They wanted me to go off saying, hey, let's celebrate Carl Bonac, he says. He declined and said on his last day, he just delivered his forecast like he's done for 33 years and walked out. <sighs> That's pretty damn sad. Somebody that's worked for somewhere for 33 years, this article was dated October 24th, 2021. Um, someone that's worked somewhere for 33 years um, was just let go like that over not taking the vaccine. To me, it's absolute madness. I'm very, very thankful that where I work currently does not require it. Um, a vast majority of the people that I work with have been vaccinated, and I'm okay with that. I don't think they're stupid. I don't think they're microchipped. I don't think they're going to die. I don't think they're infertile. I just think that they got a vaccine that's mildly effective because when you have two presidents who really want to look like a superhero and pump this vaccine um, and really, really, really rush it, you're going to get something that's just not that good because as with most other vaccines, they take years and years to develop and it takes a lot of research and um, a lot of time. If you look at the way that science kind of has to play out, um, it is a very, very long grueling process. Not that I would necessarily know, but you know, from reading studies and from hearing more educated people talk about how studies are performed, um, it makes sense. You know, it takes a very, very long time to develop a vaccine that's going to be efficacious and for a long period of time. So what these people essentially got was just a mildly effective vaccine that will probably lessen their symptoms, but just isn't going to be that effective in the long term. That's why we keep hearing about boosters. And it's very, very funny to hear the same people say that you need to be vaccinated um, claim that we don't know how long natural immunity lasts. Well, we don't know how long vaccines last either. And I guess to their point too, and I hate to give anybody who's pumping vaccines super hard, vaccine mandates super hard. Um, they say, um, you know, don't worry about the long-term side effects of the uh, vaccines. But to be fair, um, we don't know the long-term side effects of having COVID either. There are some COVID long haulers. I believe it's about 10% in a uh, email I read from a, uh, a um, 
functional med- functional medicine doctor, um, about 10% of people see long haul symptoms. Now it's whether or not people see resolution, you know, in a certain amount of time. I just don't know. I have not looked that far into it. But, uh, you know, you don't know the long-term consequences of COVID. We don't know the long-term consequences of the COVID-19 vaccine. So that being said, um, my opinion is you should make the decision for yourself. If you think your risk profile is so that you should get vaccinated, then it's available. I'm not going to go get it because I had COVID. It wasn't a big deal. I got over it in a week. I felt a little under the weather for about three days, just thought I just wasn't feeling good. And then um, all of a sudden I lost my taste and smell for about a week. I took alpha lipoic acid. Um, I used a glutathione nasal spray to work the olfactory system, vitamin D and zinc. And sure enough, after a week, all good. No problems, no long haul symptoms. To this day, I feel fine. And I believe that my immunity is robust and good. (laughs) Um, My fiance and I had our antibodies checked and um, they were good. We had COVID-19 antibodies. And for anybody wondering, you can go to LabCorp and pay, it's like 10 bucks to get your antibodies tested. So if you're curious, um, set up an appointment. We were able to do it. I believe same day and get our results within two or three days to show that we had antibodies to COVID-19 because we had a prior infection. I'll try to end this on a little bit of a bright note. Um, I don't think there was a lot of patience for this anymore. You look at all the spending done by the Biden administration and you look at, um, I believe it's 29 states are suing over vaccine mandates. Um, I don't think the appetite is there. I don't think people want this, and I think people are rejecting it. Um, 2022 and 2024 is going to be a huge, huge election. And everybody says it's the biggest election of our lifetime every four years. But I think it's different this time because people haven't been locked in their home um, in prior elections. And people are rejecting a lot of stuff that's kind of coming down the pipes. So hopefully there's good libertarians, good you know, liberty-minded Republicans, and even if there are any out there, good liberty-minded Democrats, hopefully they're out there and ready to fight this uh, tyranny that's coming down the pipes. I see great things in the Libertarian Party, the Mises Caucus, and even beyond, um, some members of the GOP, the Young Americans for Liberty, and some of the other guys out there are doing good work, and... I think that there will be a huge opportunity for a mass awakening of people to the message of liberty in the uh, coming years. So with that, this was In Liberty and Health. I wasn't going to turn this into a podcast, but been chatting here for a little bit. So um, yeah, check out the podcast, subscribe, check out my other videos here on YouTube. That is Kyle Matovic. Um, K-Y-L-E-M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K in Liberty and Health. Check it out. Um, I got a whole bunch of cool interviews coming up in the coming weeks. I'm very, very excited for every single one of them. Um, I'm on all streaming platforms. Um, Also, if you're out there listening to this and you're in Pennsylvania, my band is opening for Stephen Piercy of Rat um, December 1st at Jurgles. So hit me up for tickets and we'll uh, get you squared away. We're looking forward to it. So uh, 
until next time, everybody, in liberty and health. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.